The content of this podcast should not be taken as medical advice, is for informational purposes only, and cannot be used in any legal capacity. I'm Mike Crotchin, the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Isoray Medical. Great. Dr. John Sylvester, radiation oncologist and brachytherapist with 21st Century Oncology. We're going to talk with Mike uh, regarding industry and prostate brachytherapy. Uh, to start with, why don't we give us a little background, how long you've been involved with brachytherapy? Sure. So I, um, I've been involved with brachytherapy since 2001 when I joined CR Bard as we were growing our brachytherapy business. Um, while I was there, we were able to build training programs, do a lot of education, work with new products on the product development side, and work to develop the procedure internationally as well. Um, about three and a half years ago, I came over to Isoray Medical and have had the opportunity to uh, help revitalize cesium-131 and the products that we're selling and you know, just bring a new perspective to the procedure. Um, along the way, I've spent some time with reimbursement, uh, working in Washington, trying to help support you know, what this procedure is and how we can keep it accessible to not only clinicians but to patients around the world. In uh, the past, there used to be an organization of industry uh, uh, involved brachytherapy, CABS or something it was called, and they would go directly to Washington, D.C. and try to improve uh, the outcome of prostate brachytherapy. Is there anything similar going on now? So um, CAB itself was a program that, you know, I was part of the inception of it and, and was a chairman of it for, I think, three different terms along the way. Um, unfortunately, as the market consolidated, it kind of faded away. Um, and there's nothing directly similar to that. But it is something that at Iserway we picked up. Uh, we're in Washington twice a year, and I know ABS is doing some of those same things, and we're trying to do our best to coordinating all the efforts to make sure that the awareness about this procedure is still there and that we're able to continue to preserve access and um, availability of it. And um, what do you see as a future of prostate brachytherapy at this point in time? Well, I think prostate brachytherapy is at an interesting point. I think over the last couple of years, um, there have been a lot of challenges based on the environment, um, and we're coming to almost an inflection point as um, healthcare changes and how reimbursement might be set up changes, and you know the availability of data and patient information continues to evolve, and it's one of the things we're working hard to try and do is figure out how to you know take all of this information and this changing and environment and, you know, apply it to driving awareness about this procedure and, you know, again, you know, bringing patients together with clinicians who offer it. Um, but, you know, as far as the future goes, I think it's, it's, it's bright as, you know, I've heard many people say, you know, it's, it's a procedure that, you know, it works, it's cost effective, and it's great for the patient. And for years, we've worked hard to just, you know, from a marketing standpoint, almost just tell the truth about the procedures that we're selling. And it's fun to be able to talk and work with a procedure that you can believe in this much. In terms of marketing, I think I agree with you. That's, that's going to be a big issue here because patients are being bombarded with all these different uh, treatment options from robotic surgery to CyberKnife to proton beam therapy to, um, you know, hypofractionated radiation 
to things that aren't even FDA approved for prostate cancer, like HIFU. So how does brachytherapy, which has literally a longer um, time frame and longer follow-up than any of those procedures and better outcomes than any of those procedures in terms of relapse-free survival, cause-specific survival, and bio and, and distant metastatic disease-free survival, how do you get brachytherapy out there above all the noise? Well, it's, uh, it's not proven to be easy, um, but I think that there are... Um, a couple of ways. One is we have to go back to making an effort to do that. I think over the last several years, industry has, I don't want to say taken our eye off the ball, but we've gotten distracted by competing with each other and gotten away from just driving straight awareness about the procedure. Um, and it's it's challenging because we have to find the right time frame for to getting into men's awareness. I mean, prostate cancer is not... A treatment that men think about before they need to deal with it, and when they do, they're often bombarded by it. So we have to work hard to find the right awareness at the right time for them. Uh, but I think that there are ways to to do that. I think you know the internet and social media is, in some respects, making it harder, but in many respects, it's making it easier for us to get to the right patients who are looking for information at the right time or in short of the right patients, the right caregivers who are working with the patients or spouses or children and, you know, of, of men who need this, you know, important treatment. And what we're really doing and the message we're trying to push out is, you know, there's a lot of treatment options and, and as a patient, you need to take this into your own hands more so than wait for somebody to tell you. So one of the things we talk about is we really encourage people to see three different people or three different clinicians, a urologist, a radiation oncologist, and a brachytherapist. So they can get enough information to have uh, an opportunity to have the right conversations with their doctors. Um, you know, all those treatments you mentioned have their place, or many of them do, um, and it's not our position to tell you which one to have, but hopefully you can make an educated decision. And certainly, you know, the research we've done over the years has shown that as, you know, patients see more clinicians, brachytherapy becomes a more favorable patient selection, or it's an option for their treatment. So if we can get people the more and the right physicians and clinicians, that's, you know, what we think going to help support the procedure. Exactly. So let's say the climate uh, improves a little bit for reimbursement, at least, and you've got uh, patients now interested in prostate brachytherapy. But uh, in Seattle, there's only one guy doing it in a city, a region of, you know, 3 million people. He can't, he can't handle that volume. Well, we, we as industry and in partnering with, I think, clinicians have to be prepared to help train more people. And it's, you know, one of the things we've really done over the last couple of years is, you know, kind of revitalize our training program and working with clinicians like yourself and others to bring in people who are interested in learning about it to, um, to have a positive experience and be able to hit the ground running. Um, I think that, you know, brachytherapy is an established procedure and it's something that with, you know, taking a little bit of time, people can learn. It's not, you know, it's not something where you need to do 40 procedures always, but you need to have a resource to be able to do and understand what you're looking for and how to deliver it. Um, and the more we can help bring clinicians together to have better experiences with that and 
to have a good foundation to go with, the better outcomes they're going to have and the better prepared they're going to be able to do those procedures. Um, the other thing that is we've noticed over the years is it's kind of a push and pull. So the clinicians in Seattle are not going to, or in Washington, aren't going to want to do the procedure until they see a need to do the procedure. So it's a real challenge on our part to make sure we're ready when that demand comes. And then in terms of getting the information out to the patients, I know if I put Facebook on, it seems like the second thing I see every time is space or. So somehow they've gotten into my Facebook account, and it's always there right at the top. Are you guys looking at doing something similar on social media where people open up, 50, 60, 70-year-old men open up their Facebook media account, and all of a sudden they start seeing information about brachytherapy? Uh, yeah, it's, it's our, it's our, we're starting to make those efforts now. It's, um, over the last year, we built you know, information and content and started to really invest in understanding how to reach the right people, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, whether it's the other places on social media, to be able to get it to the right people. And we've started pilot programs in different regions to you know, target different um, different patient segments, different populations to, to start to get the word out there and, you know, try and raise more awareness of it and bring people in. It's, it's, uh, it's remarkable what can be done with the Internet and how complicated it is to find the right, you know, combination of keywords and people and things like that. And so we're, we're actively working trial and error to kind of get that in the right places. And over the last you know, six months, we've really seen an uptick in not only our web traffic and people finding us, we've moved higher on the search engines when people look for us, and we have more and more of the people who come visit our website visit our Find a Doctor pages to get to clinicians who know a little bit more about cesium and can help them make a decision about either their loved ones or their own treatment. Right. Now, um, in terms of it being an industry that's contracted a lot, and so CAB is no longer really there. There used to be a whole lot of vendors involved with this. Now you've got just maybe four seed companies really out there working. And um, Peter Oreo today had a nice little diagram, a fable, where he had four oxes being surrounded by a, by a lion. And I, th- I thought, and that kind of applies to these four seed companies. And maybe if they work together, they can fight off the competitors instead of competing against each other. So are you guys working with the other uh, brachytherapy companies to try to go as a team approach, maybe reestablish uh, some sort of semi-cap sort of thing so that you can help push brachytherapy as a whole and float the whole boat? We're, we're certainly in constant communication with the other brachytherapy industry you know, members out there. I think you know, there are, and you know, the last couple of days has been a lot of con- conversation about all needing to work together and try and do those things, and industry and clinicians are in this together, and you know, I think there's something to that. And, you know, the the training programs that we support on ABS, we all work together and, you know, through the different areas. And a lot of what we're doing from an awareness standpoint is truly about the procedure and not, you know, the different isotopes. I mean, you know, as industries, we work hard to try and provide value to our customers. But, 
you know, and we'll compete that way. But as far as supporting the procedure, I think it's something we've needed to do. Um, when CAB was there, it was one of the things I drove for. It's one of the reasons that I, you know, took the time to be a chairman of that group for so long is to try and bring those organizations together. Um, I think, you know, the, the challenge is, is we're all... Uh, struggling isn't the right word, but you know it's a it's a challenging industry. So you know we're all trying to take care of ourselves, and we probably need to take a step back and work together even a little bit more than we do. Um, but I think there's room for the four companies that are out there, and I think we can do good things together, and at least not step on each other to try and get someplace. And at least over the last couple of years, it's become it's become a lot. I don't want to say it's become less competitive, but it's become a lot more, all right, let's pull to make this work together. You know, we'll compete with you individually in different centers, but overall we're going to say and do the positive things to try and support the procedure. A little more collegial there. We're trying. It's not easy always. <laughs> exactly. All right. Do you have anything else you want to bring up from an industry standpoint? No, I, I, I just think it is, you know, as we talked about, I think it's, you know, it's important that we work together on the training side. It's important that we work together on the awareness side. And it's important that we all stay focused on, you know, the policy side as well as to what's being done and how do we, you know, keep our messages in alignment with, you know, everybody involved to support this procedure because it, it really does make a difference on the patient side. And, you know, as several people have said, it's, you know, it's effective, you know, likely as effective or more effective than anything out there. And the patient experience is certainly, is certainly beneficial. So, you know, it's, it's our commitment to try and help, you know, bring that together as much as we can. And we're working every day to make it happen. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir.